When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to How Do We Get Here? The only road trip, audio road trip podcast with no breaks on a road trip. And listen, you thought we were taking another break, didn't you? You thought we wouldn't be back. We Another week it. in a row. And we, we, we didn't it. know if we were going to do it, but you guys were so good. We locked it in. Welcome back to another episode. Thanks I'm for Zach, commenting and I'm here on with Jacob. Twitter tweets and our Twitter account that we had. Thanks for all the kind DMs. Really got us through that break. Yeah, love it when you guys DM me to ask if we hate each other or not. Love it when people come into my chat asking if we're mad at each Where's other. Did you? Did you get that too? I, I got, where's the podcast? But I got more like, are you guys fighting? Is there drama? Is there beef? I got a couple of those. I think I think I might have accidentally indulged in that. Um, mm. People will come into my chat and say, why why has, haven't you uploaded the podcast? And I just say, because there's drama. <laughs> and I leave it at that. <laughs> I think I will do that in the future. So if you see yeah. some, if you okay. see more of those messages, because what I'll do is I'll be like, oh yeah, we're fighting. We hate each other. But I'll do that like half the time. So I yeah. need to do it all the time. I think that's way better. No, I always um, just say something super vague of there's drama. I'll I think it's best <laughs> to leave it at that. You know, because now it sounds serious. It's not my story to tell. It's like, whoa. <laughs> that's a good one. What does that mean? All right. Because now there's like a third party in that. Exactly. Yeah, there's somebody else involved. <laughs> but uh, yeah. today we're talking about the financial fiduciary. Wait, if we can talk about lying a little bit more, though. Oh, at, at, at any time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's just like a weird curve of like really caring about your public image, right? We're like, you know, younger on YouTube when I was like 18, 19, 20, I was very much so like, I have to be honest. I have to be fully transparent. Of course. And, yeah. You know, people need to be real. There's a, there's a real person on the side of the authentic. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, I do not care what people say to me, what they call me. I don't even care what they think of me. I think it's so funny to just lie. And I, I want, like, I was so against being that talking man in the box. And now that's all I want to be for the viewers. Yeah. Like nothing more, nothing less. I want to be a character. If you, if you have this wild headcanon and assumption on my person, let's run with it, you know? But I think I, there's a... It's uh, like lying. I, yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a correction of the way that influencers were presented before. I think there was a there was a period where it was like, be authentic, be real. You're just a guy. You're just like one of us. And then we've seen like so much of that. And like a lot of people have been just 
kind of shitty, right? And yeah. these real people have been, and I think that like, so let's not act see, like I'm the shining example of humanity, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. But my point is that like, I think people are realizing that, yeah, these are just people. And that goes without saying, and it, it kind of like, it's, 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 yeah. It's so one note now. It's so rote that it's like, fuck it. No, now I'm now I'm a character. Now I'm not a real person anymore. I'd rather be that, you know? Yeah, I want to be this little fictional character. I think one comment that really uh, confused me, I think I've talked about it before, but um, when we did that whole bit on Alpharad Deluxe, when Dash left the channel and then Josh joined the channel just to leave it, yeah. there was one comment that was like, you know what, I can't blame them here. Working with Jacob sounds so hard because he just doesn't take anything seriously. And it reminds me of like this one ex-boyfriend I had when he just <laughs> couldn't take anything seriously, even when the cameras are turned off or you just can't get anything done and there's no off switch with him. And I just saw that and I was like, you've never seen me off camera. <laughs> That's insane, dude. Right? Like, it's, I mean, that's just textbook prog- uh, projection. projection. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Textbook. I wasn't like upset over the comment. I was just like so flabbergasted by it because I think like that comment's going to live with me forever because it's just, it's just such a shining example of everything that's wrong with that parasocial dynamic, right? Like, yeah, I, I think they see like the more edited format of like the Alpharet channel and they see it stripped down on deluxe or on um, stream, or maybe they just hear stories I talk about with my friends, but it's like, these are all curated, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only presenting certain things. Yeah. I'm an entertainer at the core because like, Zach, we've had several good heart-to-heart conversations that we've never brought up on the podcast because why would we? Yeah, there's no reason to discuss them. You you guys have not heard half of what we've talked about. Because <laughs> we're but, real people. And, and it's funny yeah. that you bring that up because like I have a couple stories like that with like, you know, somebody making a comment and it's like, it sticks with you not because you're offended, but uh-huh. because it's like, wow, this is so weird. But I feel like I can't talk to people about it because they're going to assume that I'm upset. Does that make sense? No, like, 100%. You I talk to people and they're like, oh, that's rent-free, whatever. Don't worry about it. I'm like, I'm not worried. It's just, this is like... If you haven't been a content creator, I want to talk about these things. Yeah. And people don't realize that it happens and you can't really commiserate even with other content creators because maybe they're in a different space. Like if you're like summoning salt, you're not there for your personality really. Right. So like nobody's saying like, you know, I know the real summoning salt. He acts like a goofball, whatever. It's like he's there to present Mm -hmm. like a historical. He's the Warner Brothers and we're. Exactly. Something else. A better example. <laughs> He's Bugs Bunny with a YouTube channel. We're Bugs Bunny. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but th- none of this has anything to do with today's conversation. Uh, but I like this topic. I yeah, like I, it. I, honestly, we'll we could just stay on this forever. Yeah, we'll, we'll come, come back, back to this later. But now we're going to talk about the financial fiduciary of the Marvel Extended Universe. And yeah, that title makes sense. Shut up. Uh, we were talking about movies at the end of the last episode. And good Lord, look at all the Marvel ones that are some of the top grossing movies ever. God damn. Yeah, I think the whole like Disney, Marvel, uh, don't they have Discovery? And no, 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 that's... that's Discovery more, is now Warner. Discovery. That's its thinking, own combo, dude. That's yeah, crazy. That is that is a lot. Um, I got scared to branch off from the topic immediately. Again? <laughs> yeah. Dude, whenever they announced the Warner Discovery merger and then they started laying off... An, Canning Mads Productions. I was so worried for multiverses. We've talked about it, but I was so worried. 
Yeah. I, I, we have talked about it and I still have a sneaking suspicion that they might get, I don't know. Things might be a little tough for them, but hey, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. They're paying about, my so. rent right now. So I'm really hoping for the best for them. <laughs> let's go, Tony. Yeah. Let's go. Come on, PFG. We got this. We're all in this together. Yeah. We're all here to get, Hey, I'm hosting a multiverses tournament tonight, bro. I want that Whoa. game to go crazy. We love this game. I, uh, yeah. I want to host like a pro-am for multiverses. I talked to you about this at Summit. Right, yeah. But it's the perfect game for it. Yeah, just because I think in like Smash, you know, we kind of had to do like the VIP thing with Panda. And I think in this, like, you don't get hard carried. Like you still like right. you're the the amateur player could die four times. Exactly. And that's fair. And I think it's like you don't I, I think once people like, especially because you're saying that person, the amateur, they know who to go for. Yeah. So then it becomes like, can you protect this person? Like, and I could see some strategies emerge where like the good player picks like Iron Giant, so they take all the focus. Because mm -hmm. like when you when an Iron Giant's on the team, you kill the Iron yeah, Giant. Yeah, you leave so. him unchecked. Yeah. So, <laughs> or just Superman. Actually, yeah. I probably honestly, if I'm in that, I'm probably playing Superman and I'm just side being the amateur four times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's gonna be stage. quicker. Yeah, that oh god, that feels you might need to ban Superman for that tournament. No, this I is feel funny. Like the amateur is just gonna get mopped up. No, this is funny. If anyone abuses Superman, I want them to feel rewarded for it. <laughs> but anyway, you're gonna have a tournament with all Superman. All right, Marvel. Uh if you if you guys want to read along, uh mm -hmm. during the last episode, we were looking at the top grossing movies of all time because we were talking about Avatar and we kind of pivoted off and we talked about Marvel stuff. Because all the top grossing movies, like, like 50, like 40 of them are in the last seven years since 2015. Yeah. Of course, like Many the of list them that we're wrong. using doesn't have like inflation and everything. So, I mean, it checks out, you know, suddenly E.T. is seven and Gone with the Wind is number one and it's not close. Right. Yeah, that movie apparently went crazy. It came out that in was 1939. Yeah, that movie, uh, I mean, you could go to the theater for a nickel, right? Dude. So I guess it's a little skewed. And we got The Sound of Music in Six. That film smells like my grandmother, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, whenever I, I think of The Sound of Music, I think of like a, how do I put this? Like a like a kitchen with like a thick pot holder, you know, mm -hmm. like, a, like a nice nitty or a tea cozy or something. It's a very uh, grandma movie. When I you know? would go and watch or like try to watch movies at my grandparents' house. They had three VHS tapes when I was little. They had Sound of Music, Gone with the Wind, and uh, no, You've Got Mail. <laughs> Starring I, Meg Ryan and uh, yeah, Tom Hanks. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't really fit the other two, but that was it. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wow, at that. Okay. Well, that that's their modern movie, I guess. It's it's in the same vein. A spiritual yeah. successor, maybe. Yeah, three VHS. Dude, I miss Blockbuster. I do too. I was just uh gonna say I miss VHS in general because uh like I, I there is something to like 
I watched a lot of Babe on VHS when I was a kid. The I'm thinking like the whole Be Kind know? Rewind and everything. Like there's just like a certain responsibility you had with these VHS. It wasn't as easy. Yeah, you had to you you kind of had a responsibility to your fellow man. To yeah, it's take like the whole shopping cart back. moral dilemma, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just think there's something to be said and like I actually I've been sitting on an idea for a video about this. I don't know what channel we're going because it doesn't feel like my YouTube channel, but mm-hmm. there is a magic I think that's been lost in the gaming world similar to Blockbuster where it's like and I don't know if you can relate to this and maybe we've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh but I feel like there's not really much in terms of surprises when you go into like a GameStop and look at the wall. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest experiences when you went to Blockbuster was, and a lot of you guys listening probably don't know this, but like you would just look at the wall and it's just tons of game covers, tons of stuff. And they would try yeah. to appeal to you, but like it, it was it was everything that ran the gamut from, you know, just stars on the front to really weird illustrations to whatever. And it was really intriguing because there's all kinds of different styles. I feel that way about games now where like, I think the PS2 was the last era where Mm -hmm. the games were so weird and so common. You could just walk into a GameStop and like, look at the PS2. We had a lot because we just let anyone make a game for that console. Yeah. I think PS2 was the last time, like before games became so expensive to produce that you couldn't like, Make a Mr. Mosquito or like you a weird, make you know, barnyard. You yes, know? exactly. Have you played Barnyard though? No, but we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a Skyrim type game, <laughs> which is crazy. Did I, I, I tell you a about a named Beefmaster and what an incredible <laughs> experience? Did I tell you about uh, about Hotel T- uh, Transylvania? I think we talked about this too. Maybe drop it. Though. Uh, Hotel Transylvania Three is a Pikmin game. Oh, yes, you did tell me that. That's incredible. That's I, I, I still haven't like, tried it, but yeah. The thing with Blockbuster was here, this is my routine as a kid. Um, no video games during the Monday through Thursday from my mom. Okay. Know, like, that was the rule. No games on the weekdays. That's all school. And gotcha. then Friday, I get to go crazy. And Blockbuster, I think, was aware of this kind of phenomenon. So they had like a discounted rent a game for two days kind of deal. Oh, yeah, they did have that. Yeah, so um, I I loved my grandparents. They were grandparents, so they loved me. And they lived about maybe 10, 15 minutes away from me. So it was pretty much like every Friday night, I would be picked up by a grandparent. We'd go by Blockbuster, and I'd go over to their house for the weekend. I pretty much spent every weekend at my grandparents' house. And my granddad would always take me to Blockbuster, and I'd buy like a game or two. So, and... That's kind of how I got really into all these weird niche games. Like all the games, the weird ones that I make content over for in like current day, I kind of found in that era, honestly. Right. And I think like Amazing Island is the number one find I've ever discovered. Uh, (laughs) I know you've seen it, but you need to play it, Zach. I haven't played it myself, but I've seen it. I know what it is. Yeah. Zach, I will will drop large gifted if I see you playing this game. (laughs) Like do a bounty, is, a sponsored stream. I'll do a bounty for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop. I'll I'll drop fifty gifted if I see you stream Amazing Island. Absolutely, I'm down. I'll do it soon. I Dude. don't know anything about. It. I've seen like a f- couple videos and stuff, and I know that it's like it's I like an Jane animal. Make one. That was thing, like right? the you know for the CEO of propaganda for Amazing Island. That one was a a good notch in my bedpost for that. But it's like yeah. it's a character creator, but. It's like 
the ex- the creations you can do, like the variety, it's vast, but also like kind of limited, so which it kind of hits that perfect gray area to make some weird shit. Right. You know, like nothing's going to look good, but that's kind of what you <laughs> want. And, oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't want a character creator to be too in-depth. Yeah. Because I think then if I have too many options, I just, I'm like, okay, this sucks. I'm not that creative. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a little unintuitive. But uh, I like it. I like it a lot. And you make a character and then you go try to save the world from the black evil. <laughs> yep. Wow. And uh, what a marketing team. What a marketing team. And you beat them by playing in some Mario Party type mini games. And then the boss of every single world is volleyball. <laughs> Okay. Is it like with a large mystic energy that like you, is it like a Zelda thing? And it's fire. Ah, okay. I was gonna, it's not actual volleyball. I was gonna, that like the state, like a space jam thing. Yeah, it's like Dead Man's Volley. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's funny. Okay. But yeah, I found that game. I found like Custom Robo and kind of what I would do. Also, Custom Robo is an insane video game because uh, it's, it's incredible. I love this game, but it feels like there's a darker truth behind it because it is canonically true in this universe that the earth is flat. Oh, wow. Okay. And before you can go into the late game, like the end game, honestly, before you can go into the end game of Custom Robo, your player character has to admit that the earth is flat. (laughs) Otherwise, the dialogue question repeats. What? Yeah. So like, I feel like it can't be flat earth propaganda, but... Uh, it can't not be. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's non-zero. They could just be like, oh, we want everyone in this universe to believe that the earth is flat because we want to show how primitive it is, but this technology is futuristic. But, but you know, you see what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, but why would they need the player? To, that's weird. That's bizarre. I, has a game ever done that? I've never heard of a game like forcing you to do something like that. But I guess it's so like, I don't know. That's so abstract. How would I even think about it? You know, that's wacky. Yeah, but honestly, love that game. I found so many weird games. Like, I played- was there any game that you thought like you took a chance on but sucked? Like, it just wasn't good. Um, I'm thinking it was pretty much 64 GameCube era where I would have gotten things. I think Chameleon Switch 2 was a blockbuster find, and that's one of my oh favorite my games of god, all time. Oh my god, that game goes crazy! Oh you know that god. game? Oh that my is god! One of my favorite games of all time. Holy no way. shit! I fucking love Bro. Chameleon Twist. Are you, are you a Chameleon crazy. Twist 1 guy or Chameleon Twist 2? I think 2. Wasn't there a circus <laughs> level in 2? I remember, like, I don't remember much about it, but I remember a circus level, I think. But I think I was a 2 guy. I think I played them both. Because I loved the first one when I got it. Yeah. How do you feel about... Um, uh, do you know the characters? No. <laughs> I don't um, remember anything about it. <laughs> dude, so they had three characters. Um, Jack, who was a green chameleon. Linda, who was a pink chameleon. Davy, who was a blue chameleon. They were all the same character. And then yeah. there was Fred, who was a yellow chameleon and just depressed. <laughs> Like, he was just not happy to be there. He was the only one who looked visually different outside of color. I'm looking them up now. I see Davey. I think... 
Oh, dude, I'm remembering this now. The Burger Boss. Okay, oh. that's Chameleon Swiss too, baby. That's it. It is, yeah. Oh, I, I'm looking at this poor yellow guy now. Um, <laughs> yeah. With the closed I eyes. Absolutely adore this game. This one is phenomenal. But what were some other GameCube games? Oh, I think I, I liked one, actually. Okay. I did like one because I, I forgot what the thing is, but it has this like ice cream sandwich on the box. Yeah, I remember one had some like multiplayer mini games, but I liked two more because I think I played two first. I just saw the cover and I. It was so nice just getting to play games off the cover alone and be like, I'll try that out. Have you ever recently, because I have a, I have one example. Has there... God, this is such a specific circumstance. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen a game's cover art said, yeah, that looks really good, bought it sight unseen, and it was amazing? Because I, I did that with a game that came out recently that's like very well-loved. Oh, like, like recently or just ever in yeah. my life? Uh ever, I guess, in general, but if you did it recently, I think that's way more interesting. I mean, Because now I'll, there are so many games. I'll be honest, I got pretty lucky, and I kind of had that with Undertale. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I've said it before, like, I had a friend who was uh, one of the early Kickstarter patrons or whatever of Undertale. Sure. And he got the game early and said, hey, you have to try this. And I said, okay. I knew nothing about it, and I just dove in head first. Um, that's a good one, though. I, uh, that's a good one. Maybe when, Indivisible, I think. It, I'm going to say Indivisible. Uh, I knew it right. came from Lab Zero, so it was hand animated. But I knew nothing about the game, and I loved it. That's like a top 10 game for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I knew you were a big fan of that one. I uh, Undertale's really funny for me, because I would see like screen caps and some other stuff on 4chan. And I was like, oh, dude, this looks really cool. And it looked funny. Um, and then the day it came out, I was, I, I had my nine to five job and I called out cause I was sick. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to play this. And I streamed it and I played it all the way through in one day. Cause it was so good. What was it? Uh, Undertale. Oh, oh, Undertale. Gotcha. I did the same thing. Cause I would see screen caps of it and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, let me give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And it blew my mind. But, uh, the game that I'm talking about, I was just in the switch eShop and I was like, you know, just trying to find something. I think I was traveling. I was like, I just want to play something. What am I going to do? And I saw some new releases. And uh, I saw Celeste. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I was like, that's really cool art. Oh, that's an insane pickup. That It's crazy, right? I literally mm -hmm. just saw the art. And then I saw the, uh, the in-game and I thought it would be bad. I was like, dude, these pixels look kind of shitty. Like, I'm, I'm not into pixel stuff. Like, whatever. What a crispy game. Yeah, I just, it looked, I wasn't into it. But then I, like the art really spoke to me for some reason. The the strawberry, mm -hmm. like the character, I don't know. It looked amazing. And it turned out to be Celeste, which is crazy. I got so lucky. I do think there's something to like, I don't know. Like I was saying, it, like when you go to GameStop or, or Blockbuster mm -hmm. or whatever and see all the games on the shelf, you can kind of do that now. But I just feel like it's not the same. The games aren't as weird. Yeah. The also, shop is speaking just of weird not games, the same. I want to play this game soon, and I'm pretty sure you played it. Did you play on your stream Donkey Kong Jungle Beat? Oh, yeah, it's great. 
Yeah, the platformer that you have to use the bongos for. Yeah, it's a, it's unironically a very good game. That's so awesome to hear. I want to try it because I'm looking at GameCube games right now, and GameCube they had, first party had so many weird games. I'm looking at a Pokemon Channel. Are you aware of that one? Mm, wait, vaguely, but I don't know Dude, what it was. If you want to stream a game where you don't have to play it and just kind of comment on Pikachu being silly and the game being <laughs> pretty bad in general, this is it. It's Pikachu literally just sits in front of a TV and watches it and you can change the channels. <laughs> or you can go places. You can go hang out with Pikachu and then try to find new TV channels to come back home and watch things too. Pikachu can bid on like the infomercials. Pikachu can watch anime that you get copyright claim for. And then Pikachu can watch like, who's that Pokemon? What an exciting game from the Wait, Pokemon company. can he company. watch actual Pokemon episodes? Uh, only the Pichu Bros anime. Ah, okay. Huh. Honestly, that sounds like a fire video reacting to Pokemon with Pikachu. And it's just you and Pikachu yeah. reacting together. That's wacky. I, I feel like GameCube is like, I don't know. Nintendo's always been kind of experimental, which is why I like them. But yeah. I feel like GameCube, that era is just... There's so yeah. much shit on it. Are you aware of... I'm, I'm now remembering all these games. Holy shit. Are you aware of Monkey Ball Adventure? No. Dude, Super Monkey Ball abandoned the format and tried to make like an open world... Oh, wait, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah but you're still in the ball, right? Yeah, you're like... still in the ball. <laughs> you can't escape. Are there like quests and stuff? I, yeah. I forgot that came out. Okay. I know there's a GameCube game about Skittles. Um, That's cool. I yeah, guess. but but no, well, hold on. L let me be clear. It's not like a Skittles adventure. It's like a mm. Japanese RPG game, and it looks like a Final Fantasy, like one of those, oh. era, like a Harvest Moon. But yeah. randomly, Skittles are Wait, your those life. Are different games. Yes, and and the Skittles are like the life force, but they don't talk about it. Like it's presented like it's totally normal. Uh, hold on. GameCube Skittles game. Uh, yeah, look up Darkened Sky. Darkened Sky. Uh, with an E. So there's nothing suggesting this is Skittles on the box, right? Uh-huh. I'm and looking the, at it. The art just it looks like a shitty... It's not an RPG. It's a third-person thing. Yeah, but it I'm looks almost like it. a she Souls has Skittles game. of the inventory. Yeah, you eat Skittles in that game. Um, so... Okay, I have another game for you also on the GameCube. This was only released in Japan, though. It's called Dream Mix TV World Fighters. Are you aware of this one? Uh, is that the one? This is this is a Smash clone. Yeah, is that the one that has, like, every anime character? No, it's not anime. It has... Uh, let me just read some of the characters. It has Solid Snake in it. It has Simon Belmont. It has Bomberman. Uh, a few characters I haven't heard of, and then oh, Optimus yeah. Prime Megatron. Yeah, no, this is the Konami one. They had yeah. the guy from Adventure Island too. The guy yes. with like the hula Master skirt Higgins. and the hat. That I, that's such a weird name, Higgins. That dude. Yeah. <laughs> and have then, you played it? Yeah, I played it uh, on the channel in like way back when, like 2018, before Ultimate dropped. Sure. Uh, what else is another game I never hear people talk about? What about Chibi Robo? I've always wanted to play that. Dude, have you tried is, it? Yeah, yeah, I played it. I've never beat it to completion, but I've kind of like read the synopsis on Wiki. 
Okay. It's a weird game because it looks like this cute little toy robot game where you're like finding things around the house and stuff. Sure. But in reality, it's like a very dark character study of like this autistic daughter who likes these toys and then her fighting parents that are on brink of divorce. Oh my God, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting because as a kid, I definitely like didn't pay attention. It's just like, oh, he's sleeping on the couch. Oh, she hates him because he loves... All he wants to do is play with figurines and stuff and he's a collector. That's such a child thing to do, right? And now you're just like, damn, he just has hobbies and she's being a bitch about it. And their daughter is like autistic and they're not like teaching, training her properly. Like she refuses to not wear this little frog costume and everything. Okay. And it's Damn, like, dude. yeah, it's one of those games where it's a very Japanese game. Sure. And it's, it kind of feels like it's a toy story at first, you know, like when the night happens, all the toys come to life and they all have such distinct personalities. But, but yeah, I, yeah, I actually might, that's been on my list to play forever because it looks kind of similar to, um, Looks kind of similar to Pikmin, not in terms of like gameplay, but in terms of like presenting a world that from like a, you know, a, a small perspective, but it's our mm -hmm. world and it's got this like deeper story behind it that you can, you know, you can look into or you could just enjoy the game. But that shit fascinates me. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's aliens in it just to top it all off. <laughs> okay. But. Yeah, I think it's super interesting that they tackled such a... It's not like it's necessarily dark or anything, but it, it makes you think. Yeah, there's something under the hood, which I think is the most mm -hmm. interesting like kind of story, especially from Nintendo, who historically, like, I don't know, even like Metroid, which is like praised for being you know dark or gritty or yeah. whatever. What's the real subtext? It's not like, what is it about? I don't, I I, don't I know. I think it's just like, people are, are pretty light when they use dark. Because, I mean, you know, if you read all, like, Splatoon 3 lore, like, I guess it's oh, dark right. relative to uh, Nintendo. But in reality, it just involves, like, war, death, and a little bit of cloning. Right. And it's just kind of like, these are pretty, like, you know, death doesn't make it dark, necessarily. I think it's a universal experience, which is different from like this Chibi Robo thing, which is highly personal. This is like yeah. one person's life, and it's a holding up a, a magnifying glass to like a, one individual's experience or one family's experience, which is way more interesting than just like a Pokemon war or mm -hmm. like the galaxy is is in turmoil or something. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I think it's way like, more interesting. For the disclaimer, I don't think they like Evely they don't really ever say that like the daughter is autistic or anything in the game, but it's yeah, just yeah. kind of one of those like, I feel like that's what they were going for, you know? Sure. Or at least yeah. like maybe hyper fixated on stuff and like you could take that as like she's doing it to avoid the problems in her own life, which mm -hmm. might not be, you know, it might not be an autism thing, but it might just be like further evidence of like she's going through shit, which is kind of interesting too, so. I want to play that. That, that. I've always like been attracted to that game, but I've never actually like sunk my teeth. Yeah, in. I hope that can like kind of pull you back in. So I think it's one of those games where it could even do well on YouTube as just like a here's the whole game in a video kind of thing. The whole like how I long play is TV it? Robo, so you don't have to. How long is it? Let me see. Um, 
How long to beat? She I'm seeing. Damn, robot. twelve hours. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. Apparently, there's one on the uh, on the 3ds too. Oh, damn! There's a lot of chibi okay, robots. Okay, so here's the thing: there is not one on the 3ds. Oh, really? As if anyone asks, it is not on the 3ds. <laughs> okay. This is like saying, "Hey, Pikmin's on the 3ds." Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, now you get it. Yeah, message message received. I yeah. hear you. By the way, Pikmin 4. Woo! It happened. At long I'm last, so happy, dude. Pikmin's my favorite Nintendo franchise. I'm so... I thought Pikmin 4 was Pikmin uh, Go or whatever it is. Pikmin... Pikmin the, Bloom? I don't even... Yes, that one. That... Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad it wasn't that. Or Pikmin, the one that was on the 3DS, the... the that was Hey Pikmin. Hey Pikmin, that's it. Like... I was like, God, is this what Miyamoto was talking about? I mean, thank God the it's tray not. looks nice and everything, but we really haven't got any more information than an article in 2015. Don't care. I'm happy okay. with that. The trailer, right. as long as I get honestly, dude, you, I think, and I, I don't want to retread because I feel like we talked about this on podcast before, but Pikmin is the only game like Pikmin. You could just release Pikmin once a year and I'd be okay with that because nothing yeah. else cra- scratches the same itch. If it's literally the same game, I'll be happy. You know what I mean? Kind of same thing with Pokemon, right? Like everyone who loves Pokemon admits that the games are pretty bad, but they're like, what else am I going to play? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, there's Pal World soon, bro. I am so excited for that. I'm so excited for Pal World. I have little Pikachu slaves and then give them manufacturing guns. You have Squirtle as an arms dealer. That game's crazy. I cannot wait Oh my god, the giant like Raichu Totoro guy that, like, that come out. <laughs> they don't have a release date. I've been watching it like a goddamn hawk. Okay, 2023 is all we have right now. Uh, I see this ad for Coromon came out. Oh, it came out already. What what the fuck is Coromon? Coromon. I know Temtem. That's the only one yeah, I know. Yeah, I played Temtem. Um, oh, okay. It's it's a, it's a little pixel game. Okay, it's more traditional Pokemon. I see. I might give that a try. Nope. Power World for me only, bro. Okay, Power World. You know, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so, so to talk about Chibi Robo, uh, you can... Scott the Watch did like a whole video on the history of Chibi Robo, and I think it made everyone aware. Sure. It's like, I've definitely followed this game, but Chibi Robo, number one, was the only game of its kind, despite being in a series of five other games. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah, you know how like people want Paper Mario to be like Thousand Year Door or anything? Right, 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 right. But it's like at least you had 64 and Thousand Year Door. They did Chibi Robo once and never touched it again. <laughs> I'm um, actually glad you told me that because I would have tried like the new one yeah. and be like, oh, this kind of sucks. Yeah, Chibi Robo Ziplash is the 3DS one and it's like a weird side-scroller and it's like Chibi Robo, his whole thing is that he has finite amounts of power and he has to plug into outlets to charge up and he drags the, the outlet, like the, the cable, right? The cable yeah. around and it's kind of cute. But in Ziplash, he uses it as like a cowboy lasso and that's the whole gimmick of the game of the 2D side scroller. And 
Yeah, and then he had, there's a Chibi-Robo photo finder, and then there is one that was released. Uh, oh yeah, Park Patrol, and I don't remember. Oh yeah, the crazy thing about Park Patrol is that this was the second game in Chibi-Robo. Okay, and you would think, okay, Chibi-Robo one niche interesting game. Would you like to take a guess where Park Patrol was exclusively sold at? Park Patrol? For the Nintendo DS. Chibi Robo Park Patrol. Uh, Target? (laughs) Close. Walmart. You could Uh, only buy this game at Walmart. And that was it. That's a worse choice. Okay. (laughs) So, it's just like, why? Why not just put out another game? Why do you guys have to make it all esoteric? That's so weird. Yeah, same thing with Custom Robo, the Flat Earth game. Uh, this is kind of like a similar story to, to Animal Crossing when it came out on the 64 in uh, Japan and then it didn't make it till the GameCube. Right, yeah. In North America. I think that's crazy that Animal Crossing was on the Nintendo 64. Does that just feel wrong to you? Yeah, it does. I've seen screenshots and it feels gross. It's like the Earthbound or, or Mother 3 DD. thing. Yeah, like the I see it and I'm like, ugh, that's I, I can't imagine an N64 doing that kind of game, which is weird because I think Harvest Moon had a 64 game, but it's like yeah, it feels too expansive to me. You know? It feels like Animal Crossing was too ambitious of a game for the 64 because game exactly. full of ambition. Yeah, I I uh that's sort of where my head goes because one of the things I always think about with Animal Crossing is like that was one of the first ways I think where you could play NES games. Because, like, this was before Virtual Console or anything. So you could play Punch-Out! in the original Animal Crossing, which yeah. was crazy to me. Like, that that was fascinating. And they had a bunch of that. The thing uh, about Animal Crossing is that it doesn't feel like a first-party game. You know what I mean? Now it does. Now I think it, it does now, but does. I think I think back then but it didn't. The time, it felt very second party. Yeah. Yeah. It's so shocking that that was made in-house on Nintendo because like everything else they were doing at the time was like very centric around Mario, uh, around Zelda, around... I mean, I know Pokemon is Game Freak, but you know what I mean. That's like a core of Nintendo. Yeah, I don't think... They didn't have many new IPs other than... Uh, I mean, Pikmin came out, but that felt very low-key. Even at the time, yeah. Pikmin felt like it was like, hey, here this is... It's, it's still felt like Nintendo-esque. It was definitely different, don't get me wrong. It's just colors. Yeah, I think Animal Crossing (laughs) has never made like those lifestyle sim games. And then, who would have guessed that like that series became like their biggest, one of their biggest series, honestly. I think it really got... I don't know. I I was going to say it, because the latest game obviously got a big buff because of the COVID stuff. You know, it came out right before everybody's at home, whatever. Yeah, but like, it's it's like 7 million copies below Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. 46 million to 939. But even still, it was huge before that because like New Leaf did crazy on yeah, the 3DS. Yeah, New Leaf was insane. And 3DS so, sold incredibly. It, it's really just like... Animal Crossing outsold Smash Brothers, you know? That's wacky. It outsold Breath of the Wild. It outsold Pokemon, Mario Odyssey. Like... The, People the like thing, comfy games, bro. Yeah, it's... I Of course, Pandemic has a lot to do with that. But at the end of the day, it's... I, I feel like a lot of people still have this in their head that, you know, Nintendo's big franchises are Mario, Zelda, Kirby, Samus, right. Donkey Kong. But, like, Animal Crossing 
Splatoon have really kind of taken the forefront in a lot of ways. Obviously, you have your Zelda, you have your Pokemon, you have your Mario, but like, I think people need to start putting like Splatoon and Animal Crossing like up there with them. Like, Metroid oh, yeah. and Kirby have been kind of retired for a long time. Well, I mean, they were, but now Kirby's going crazy. Like, I yeah. can't believe how popular Kirby is now. Kirby you know what is I mean? so recognizable, of course. It feels like Kirby in particular, like lately, because of, you know, Forgotten Land and mm -hmm. he had this dream buffet thing and they just announced another game. Like, Kirby, they're pivoting hard to this guy, which is yeah. fine. But yeah, I mean, he's dude, non-gamers love Kirby. Like, he's such an... And the thing for Kirby is, like, kids can draw him. I think that's the key to it, right? <laughs> he's yeah. really simple. They teach you how to do it in the games. Like, they, they you just draw the circle. Yeah, I'm That's looking at all of the sales for Nintendo, and it's really crazy how you like you have your big games and then everything else. Yeah, I, I well, that's why they only like I don't know if Nintendo gives a shit about third party. That was the whole deal on the Wii is nobody wanted to develop for the Wii because it was a nightmare. You had all this motion control stuff that you had to learn, but it's like they don't care about that. Like they just they they just hop on their first party. And go crazy. That's all they need. Yeah, they have 14 games that have over uh, 10 million sales. Did you ever play, to go back to weird GameCube games, there's a GameCube yeah. game that I've always wanted to play, but I never have. Yeah. Uh, it's not a game that looks interesting to me, but this, the way that it plays is crazy. Have you ever heard of Odama? Let me look it up. Um, first Instinct, no. Odama is a... GameCube game. Nope, haven't even seen this. I see bonus microphone included, though. So it's a pinball game. Uh, you control a pinball that rolls through an army. So it's kind of like a, a Hyrule, like a Hyrule, not Hyrule Warriors, Dynasty Warriors kind of thing. The last game released for the GameCube yep. besides Twilight Princess. Yes. Uh, and you command the army with the microphone. So you play pinball while you tell your oh army to God, go left I'm or right. watching it? Holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy. I've always wanted to play this, but I'd never actually done it because it like it doesn't look interesting visually. Who pitches this game? It's insane. Yeah, I saw uh, a long time. I don't know if he finished this. Uh, Nick Falco of the Yard fame. Uh-huh. Second uh, episode he's come up, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He's just a cool guy. He um He has this Twitter thread where he is attempting to play every single GameCube game ever made on stream. And he used to pop in during those streams. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. I mean, he's just busy now, of course. Right. But I see that and I'm like, I, I wish I thought of that because I would absolutely commit to playing like all every single game because there's a lot of hidden weird shit in there. Like one yeah. game I have never played that I've always wanted to is Ribbit King. Ah, the golf one, right? Yeah. Sure. Froth. Yeah. Froth. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm down to play it with you. Is it a Dude, is yeah. it a, a two-player game? I think it yeah, is, It's right? a multiplayer game. I think we're going to have to, like, learn it. But I'm down to commit for, like, a full day and pick up on this game. Because I watched, like, Game Grumps play it way back when. And that was just the series. I was in, like, high school when they were playing that. But yeah. it was just, like, the insanity of, holy shit, you don't really understand what's happening. Yeah. It's golf, uh, but your golf balls can swim. <laughs> Which changes everything immediately. <laughs> that that vastly changes the dynamic. 
Yeah, and you don't get points by sinking in early. You do get points if you sink it in early, but then there's also like, do you want to take the longer route and get more point bubbles? Yeah. And then there are power-ups, and it's just... I'm so intrigued in this game. I always haven't, and I've never played it. Did you ever play Billy Hatcher? My fucking man! Holy <laughs> shit! My boy! Billy I could H. hear you pop off. I could oh hear you my God. like pop off in the room, walk away from the mic on that. that yeah. Billy Hatcher? Yeah, that game goes crazy. Holy shit. Uh, I made a video about this way back when. It's like one of those things that I, I just looked it up. My Billy Hatcher video from uh, five years ago has 1.2 million views. And if I can get people to watch Billy Hatcher, that makes me happy. Damn. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, if that's from five years ago, you can revisit it. Hey, if you like this podcast, go ahead and uh, DM us personally about how much you want to watch a Billy Hatcher video. Dude, I love we'll Billy Hatcher. It. It's such <laughs> an interesting game. I haven't touched the game since then, but it's like, Sega was always on some weird shit. They eventually abandoned yeah. everything besides like Super Monkey Ball and Sonic, right? Yeah, I think that Sega, well, now they've got like Yakuza and Persona true, and shit, true, true, right? True, true, true. Like they, well, they pivoted a Atlas. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're more of a publishing, but they did pivot a bit, but you're right. It feels like Billy Hatcher, they didn't have to do that. It's no. so weird. It's out of their wheelhouse. Sonic's by a mile. You can hash yeah, Sonic yeah, yeah. in an egg. <laughs> Which is very strange. I think... Uh, I'm trying to think of like what else. They had... Uh, Honestly, even Luigi's Sega Mansion was All-Star weird as hell. Racing. Yeah, that was weird as a launch title. No Mario? GameCube was cool. Mm-hmm. I love Sonic All-Star Racing. And then I, I love Sonic and Sega All-Star. I played the tennis game and I went crazy on that. Which one? Uh, it was like Sonic, Sega. I think it was like Sega All-Stars. There's Sega Tennis? tennis? Yeah, Sega Superstar Tennis. I've never it. seen this before. Uh, I just It's just Mario Tennis, but with Monkey Ball. And <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Samba de Amigo is here. That's my guy. Yeah. I love Amigo. You're such a Samba de Amigo guy. I love Amigo sense. and I love Beat. I love Jet Set. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, so Sonic All-Star Racing, though, uh, you had you had Billy Hatcher in it, which is crazy. And then you had characters like, you know, your Sonic, your your Dr. Eggman, all that, blah, blah, blah. Shadow, Sonic Tails. You had uh, Ryu from Shinmu. You had uh, uh, Ulala from Space Channel 5. Like, you Have had, you ever you played that, by the way? Space Channel 5? Yeah. Yeah, that game's fun. It's very basic. But I know. Oh, they had a Banjo Kazooie version on Xbox. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, they got on there. They were like a guest character. But are you aware of Sonic and All Star, or Sonic All Star Racing Transformed? Do you know the absolute roster they had on that game? Oh, that's the one with Danica Patrick, right? They had a real woman, Danica Patrick (laughs) from NASCAR, and the heavy from TF2. 
Oh, that was just a character called Team Fortress. Oh. Because <laughs> I think they had the Scout and Pyro on it as well. Oh, yeah. They each drove... There was like a plane, uh, uh, yeah, a yeah, boat, yeah. and a car. Did he call That's it racing type beat? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love and then, that. And then for like Yogg's cast. Oh, I didn't know that. What? Yeah, Yogg's cast. Yogg's uh, cast, Sega Racing. I didn't know this. Do they swap out people too? Oh my God. I'm I looking at it now. The thing, I think they did like a charity event and Yogg's yeah. cast raised the most and then they got put in the game. I think that's what happened, but like... Oof. That's, that's weird. That's so insane. I think insane. for me, it's weirder because it's it's almost weirder than a real person, which is strange. Because like you would think is weirder than a real person. I agree. it is because it's not a YouTuber. It's it's uh it, it it's the avatar of a YouTuber. So it's the avatar of an e celebrity. Did you ever play Speedrunners? Also real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game's sick. Yeah, you know how hard it is to take that game seriously when I'm playing against my friends and they all insta-lock PewDiePie? <laughs> I did not know he was in the game. He was. Speedrunner's PewDiePie. Was. I played it when it first came out, so I didn't play it uh, too much later. Oh, there he is. Yep. Oh, my God. Markiplier's oh, have, in it, too. Holy shit. two YouTuber packs. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, so this YouTuber pack has Markiplier, PBG... Uber Hacks or Nova and, and Jesse Cox. And then Speedrunner Pack or YouTuber Pack 2 has uh, Dodger, Cinnamon Toast Kin, Strippin, and PewDiePie. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, it's just like I want to play this game with friends, but they just insta lock PewDiePie. And what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I feel like games don't do this anymore. I guess Fortnite does it, but like small games, you know what I mean? Like this was back yeah. like when influencers could only be in the tiny itty bitty things. But now yeah. I guess things have grown so much that you put I mean, Ninja dude, in Fortnite. I saw Preston YouTuber. He was in the Sonic movie. Oh, really? Yeah. There's like a, you've seen the movie. Yeah. 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 Do you remember like when the, the human couple is like at the resort and there's like those kids laughing at them or something like that, or the in, kids hanging out near like the, the volleyball second movie? thing. Yeah. I mean, I remember There's a, a bunch thing. of YouTubers. I did not know that. That's wacky. Okay. Damn, dude. We've come so far. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a major film. Um, it, I think what what else is like I think it's a little hard to do it in like the climate, right? Because to you never want to invest on a personality to lead the game. But back then, you know. People, games were getting big because the tiny man in the little box in the corner of the screen was shilling all these games. Sure. So I feel like if you wanted your game to get that publicity, like putting someone in that game was a really good way to be discovered, you know? Like, hey, PewDiePie, can we put you in this game? Oh, sure, I'll play it. Yeah. You know, maybe give him a cut of it. Like, I remember um, I had a friend who worked on a game called Electronic Superjoy. Really fun rhythm-based platformer, and um, they made is that like, like a, the purple game. I think I remember something. Uh, like, it's like, a constant changing background game, but gotcha. it was this was like from 2013. But the oh, I played this. No, 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 I yeah. played this before. Yeah, I remember that. I remember it being purple or pink or whatever. And I'm looking at it now. That's like the the. Oh, thing. I didn't know okay. they made. I never played Electronic Super Joy Two. I never played that one, but. Uh, What's cool was like they made a custom build for Game Grumps 
and they just replace all the characters with like names and references from oh, their neat. series, which, you know, that's not like a ton of work, but that little work goes a very far way in not only making it more relatable to them, but also like the audience who feels like invested, like they're in on the joke, right? Right. Their in jokes get sort of translated to the game and they get to see it in yeah. real life. Like, and it's like a two or three hour game. So they just kind of change it up. And I, th- I think that can go a long way. It's like when you're uh, pitching something, you obviously have like a pitch deck. Yeah. And the more serious you are about specific brands, like whenever I try and get sponsors, like if I really want a brand, I'll make a unique pitch deck just for them. Yeah, and of course. I might I just take the old pitch deck and curate a few things, but just like that little effort goes a really long way. Same with uh resumes and applications, like you know. Oh yeah, if you like cover letters, it's basically yeah. the same thing. I uh I I don't know. Part of me is a little dubious about it because it feels like I've heard stories about how, you know, Markiplier played a game on a stream or on a video and it translated to like zero sales, right? Yeah. Um, and you always hear about stuff like that. I don't know if that's true. I think there was one game in particular that a dev said that he gave to Markiplier and it didn't translate at all. It's like the practice is so widespread that there's got to be some money in it, right? With sponsored yeah. videos and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I, I always wonder how much that actually moves the needle. Yeah, because like with sponsors of my own, I never get to see how much they translate. Exactly. And how would but, you, right? Because yeah. like the whole point of this stuff is like you're not... It's very rare that somebody's going to see a sponsor video and get it right then. The point is to get in front of them. So by the third or fourth time, you get it in front of them. That's I mean, that's yeah. why Raid is everywhere. Like Everybody knows about Raid is the thing. Like their marketing yeah. worked. And I'm sure people have not clicked on like a, an affiliate creator link, but they've definitely just sat there and be like, is this game really all as hyped up? <laughs> How do they have so much money? And they've probably just tried it, you know? I think there is some value in flexing the absurd amount of capital you have. And people are just like, okay, they have all this money. Surely there's a reason. Maybe it's the yeah. most fun game ever made. Because... And I think another thing is when with things like Skillshare, uh, Squarespace, sure, yeah, uh, NordVPN, mm-hmm. it's like you might not see that immediate turnaround of people being like, okay, yeah, I will sign up for this NordVPN sponsor. Thanks, Alpharet. It's more of like next time they're faced with a situation where they need a, a VPN, it'll just be in their head to download Nord. And like that conversion doesn't come through me. You know, I never see yes. the the numbers from that, but it's it's just how the psychology of marketing works. Yeah. You just put the idea in their head so that you're top of mind when they make that buying decision. There are all kinds mm-hmm. of terms for it. I don't know what they are. There's like the the consumer journey, right? So that you're yeah. in front of them at all points, whatever. It's uh, regardless. We got far away from movies, by the way. We started we this on Marvel. We never really talked about Marvel. We never um, did. And honestly, I like Spider-Man. I, I'm trying to think of Marvel games, but I never really played any. I played the... Um, Yo, Spider-Man? I, I mean, I did play Spider-Man. Everybody played Spider-Man. That game went crazy. Yeah, that um, game was great. I played a one of the X-Men Academy games, which was like an X-Men fighting game. And then mm-hmm. I stepped on the disc and my mom yelled at me. Um, that's my experience. Because it, it was Blockbuster. Yeah. I've said it before. But not a day goes by without me constantly missing weird ass games like Shark Tale, Chicken Little, Over the Hedge, Madagascar. Yeah. I I need that. I'm shocked that they don't. 
I don't know. I guess it's a lot of resources for a game that's going to get dumped on regardless, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wish we had more stuff like that, like Ratatouille. If mm-hmm. you've seen Ratatouille, the gameplay, oh, it is it is crazy. Like, it makes no sense why it operates like that. Speaking of Madagascar, you know what I think is crazy about that series? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The main cast stars Chris Rock and Jade, Jada Pinkett Smith. What? Yeah. Is she? It's pretty wow. weird in current year, right? That's crazy. I knew about Chris Rock. Who is she? Gloria. I don't know who that is. The hippo. Wow. That's, I can't believe I haven't seen anything about that. I feel like that joke would have come up. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, insane. I'm looking at it. The main roster for that film was kind of shocking. It was Ben Stiller, Chris Rock, David Schwimmer, and Jada Pinkett Smith. And then right under it, you got Sasha Barra Cohen. Was he? Was oh, he he's like the, the, he's the King leader? Julian, I King think, Julian? right? That makes so much sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not know that. I think he was a nobody back then. Well, not a nobody. That's mean. But he no, wasn't no, no, like, no. he wasn't known, you know? No, Borat was definitely before this. Oh, was it? Okay, never mind then. Borat was before Madagascar? I don't believe you. Well, maybe not the Borat film, but you know, he had like his own show with like Ali G and like everything like that. Oh, like, Borat Ali was not G. The first of his characters. No, you're right. So apparently Madagascar was 2005, Borat was 2006, but you're right. He did have Ali G before. So he yeah. probably just, yeah, that makes sense. I forget about Ali G. He wasn't a nobody, but yeah, he definitely hit the big time with Borat, which also, can we just talk about Borat for that a movie second? fucking rules? What? a cultural phenomenon that is nothing more than a blip in internet history <laughs> now because it, I think it... Okay, let's say a new person just appears and you now have to explain Borat to them. Yeah, I it's think, impossible. I think that is the hardest thing anyone can do. It's harder than explaining or naming a character from Avatar. I, I feel like ha- having to explain the humor and everyone saying, my shirt is black, not... Yeah. And just yeah. my wife. My wife. Yeah. Nobody knows what that is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just people, like people casually in the workplace just dropped Borat impressions and it yeah. was common. Like, that's everyone. That's so weird. And people, like, if you're, you know, 22 watching this, Borat came out when you were six, I think, because it's 16 years old. So, yeah. like, you didn't experience it. And it's weird to me to think that Borat was largely, I think, a response to a lot of the American sentiment about like, you know, it, it was five years after 9-11 and yeah. people were very shitty. And I didn't realize like how close that was back then that it was only five. Like to me, Borat feels like a 2011, 2012 movie. Yeah. I mean, that means production started on that like 2004, 2005, you know? Oh, dude. So it's even closer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you have to like that movie doesn't happen without 9-11. So you have to explain 9-11, what, what the climate was like and how people were just really shitty. Like, it's hard. 
Yeah, he was also in Talgate Knights. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky he was Bobby? a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's been he, in a lot of shit. He was in Sweeney Todd. Like they also, I'm shocked. I watched Ricky Bobby like a maybe a year ago with a friend who's never seen like any of those raunchy Will Ferrell movies. Sure. So I wanted to watch it. And, you know, this is the first time I watched since like I was a kid. And, you know, they have a gay Frenchman as the antagonist <laughs> in a NASCAR film. And I was kind of like, oh, this is about to not be tasteful. Yeah. And I'll say it, it shockingly was, I think they dropped like one slur in it, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, it's not that bad for the time. That could have been a lot worse. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I remember assuming that like it would have been way worse. But I was also like, it's Will Ferrell. I feel like he's mostly like Will Ferrell doesn't strike me as like a shock comic. He's not yeah. like trying to offend. You know what I mean? He's just his whole thing is like you know incompetence. I guess almost like an Adam Sandler and, kind of vibe. And but. it sounds weird to say like in this movie, like it's not like a slur out of like malice, right? It's just a uh, they just said it because they could at the time. Yes, yeah. Like, and they they don't really they're not like a dick to him because he's French nor gay. Like they make some comments on it, but he's but, an asshole. That's like yeah. <laughs> the point. Yeah, of they it. mainly yeah. focus on that. And yeah. I'm looking at it uh, at the end. Apparently. Uh, him and Will Ferrell won the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. Oh, I remember that. And then they kissed at the MTV yeah. Movie Awards. I, I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Like, God, what happened to MTV? They were really right place, right time. It's crazy. They're just yeah. Gone MTV now. has just turned into like reality TV shows. But how do you compete? Yeah, a whole at episode all? on it. Yeah, I don't know how you even like keep up now. I I don't. I don't know how TV's going, bro. I don't know about you. I have no idea what's being advertised at any moment because I don't get like movie ads. I have ad blocker. I don't listen to the radio. Like, I, I just I I don't know what's happening unless it's like a a, a Twitter thing, like a Marvel thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel so out of touch. Wait, I just I just uh just learned something. You know how there was uh Bruno right after Borat. Another Sasha Baron Cohen film. Yes. Where like this one was a bit more bold three years after. And this was about like uh, Bruno, who was a gay Australian fashion journalist. Right. And yeah, just one of the characters on the Ali G show and all that, blah, blah, blah. There is, I look at the wiki page for Bruno and it just says like, you know, press, reception, plot, Michael Jackson incident, release, reception. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about Back this it Michael up Jackson a little incident. bit. What happened? Yeah. So uh, following the sudden death of Michael Jackson, uh, a scene from Bruno was hastily removed from the theatrical version of the film. Uh, the scene involved Bruno tricking Latoya Jackson into an interview, which he asked her to take a seat on hunch over Mexican workers substituting for chairs invited her to eat sushi from the torso of an overweight and hairy naked man and employed to get Michael Jackson's phone number from her. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently it was just removed. Okay, okay, that's not as bad as I thought it was. No, but um, I remember that scene in a trailer. Yeah. I remember a guy hunching over so that she could put her feet... So, yeah, that had to have been really close then. Apparently, on the premiere for the red carpet event, they temporarily covered Michael Jackson's star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> Wow, with that. Dude, honestly, Sasha Baron Cohen is kind of brilliant. Like, Borat is still amazing. 
Um, I haven't watched Bruno in a long time, but I mean, like in the same way that Borat is very clearly about sort of American xenophobia at the time, I feel like Bruno is about, there is a lot of homophobia at that moment. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it was like that the whole time, but it it felt like it was sort of flaring up. Maybe that was around the time of like Queer Eye. You know, I feel like it was starting Mm -hmm. to become more mainstream. Um, I don't know. He's, He's very talented. Yeah, Borat is honestly like a pretty impressive piece of media all around. Right. And like, I think something else that I wanted to comment on is just they had such a star-studded like cameo roster. Borat was so just massive. And yeah, I Pamela wonder how Anderson. it was like received <laughs> around the world. I, yeah, actually. I remember the US loved it. But I okay, think it's I'm, one of those movies that like, Legal action by participants is a column on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys on the bus. Because if you remember the guys that were on the bus that were talking about, you know, women uh, Mm -hmm. saying some pretty bad stuff, they said that their stuff was like taken out of context. I remember that. They sued or something. Yeah. Um, Um, I think Borat is so popular because you can watch it both ways. You can watch it and be like, wow, look at all these people being shitty to uh to Borat because they're racist or whatever. But you can also see it the other way of like LMAO, he's foreign. <laughs> he's so funny. Look at how foreign he is. He doesn't yeah, understand culture. Yeah, it could go either way, where it's just like, oh, this is a profound art piece, or it's just like Lamao, xenophobia. Yeah. But I think what else is like, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen would have gone crazy on YouTube if that was an option. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially like that early era. Because think about like what Fred was to YouTube. <laughs> it was so unsophisticated back then. It really was. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at Fred or... I don't want to say angry video game nerd because he did like skits and stuff. But still like... like an early Scott the Waz kind of Exactly. Era. Yeah. That's um, so funny. What is so crazy to me about Fred though is I watched like a Quentin Reviews like three-hour documentary explaining the entire lore of the Fred saga. Lore? It's, yeah, it's shocking how consistent the lore for Fred <laughs> was. There are zero like contradictions or plot holes or anything. It was like, to create a very sound universe at the age that he was, it's pretty impressive, all things considered. I didn't know he cared about it. I figured he was just yelling at the microphone. Yeah, there were uh, different arcs. Like, apparently, like, a uh, Constant in the background was like um, Fred just had like an abusive mother or something like that. And it was like always heavily hinted at. He was alone. And I don't, I don't remember it because it's been a while since I watched it. But yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. they just state all the things that the Lord created and how they would always touch on it. And it was just never. Um, yeah, it was just interesting. That's, that's crazy. It was. Yeah. Something else um, that I've run into was uh, with. That? Oh, my God. What was so funny was, you know how they made the Fred movie? Do you remember who Fred's dad is in the movie? It's John Cena, right? It's John Cena. I remember, yeah. For that film, they said, why did you accept this role? And he's like, well, just look at him. Like, he's, uh, you know, if people took a a time chamber and sent it to the future to see what our culture is like, he would be in it. And I think this is the future, and I want to be a part of that. John Cena believed in Fred. It wasn't just like a money gig for him. He believed in Fred. (laughs) Which I think is the funniest part of everything. Of all people, John Cena put all of his eggs in the Fred basket. That's crazy. 
That's like one of my favorite facts of the internet. <laughs> is Fred still like around? Does he still make stuff? So, is he like um what I learned through that video is that there are several Fred arcs. Okay. Like uh new Fred arc, I think, is the the current saga. Uh, oh no, apparently it was the final one because it was like a whole thing when he got bought. Like it was one of those things. He's not going to make any new YouTube videos. He's just going to sell the channel. Sure. So yeah. he sold it. And then it was kind of like, oh, it, he didn't actually sell it. It was um, part of the new Fred arc. And it was kind of like commentary on that kind of cycle where like uh, all these big okay. corporations. Yeah, it was honestly pretty pretty interesting. Sure. But then he ended up doing exactly that anyways. Ah, so he sold it regardless. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I, you know, if he made his bag, that's fine. Yeah, I uh, he definitely made it. What's crazy is that he has just a little under 3 million subs. Oh, he hasn't uploaded in seven years. Never mind. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I hope he's doing well. I hope he's a millionaire. Have I told you my John Cena story really quick? I think I did, right? Please, please drop About, it. okay, this is really fast because we are going to have to ding soon. I mm -hmm. think I've told it on this podcast before. Uh, but I went to a work conference um, years and years ago uh, when I worked my nine to five. And at the conference was like an SEO kind of web dev kind of thing. But the keynote speaker was John Cena. And yeah. at the conference, he said that he was learning Mandarin. Because oh, he was I like, you've told us on the channel, and then yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, because yeah. he, he said that like it's a huge market. So whenever I see Bing chilling, I'm like, I was there. <laughs> I got to see the genesis of that. My man was learning Chinese. I just can't believe. I'm still focused on the Fred thing. John Cena believed him for a reason, but like, I don't think there's ever been a YouTube star like Fred Figglehorn. Because I'm, I'm gonna ask you to hear me out. Like, uh huh. Of course, we have Mr. Beast, who is bigger and larger than Fred in every conceivable way. Sure. But, like, Fred was everywhere. People, like, Fred had a TV show. Fred had cameos on iCarly, Hannah Montana, Big Time Rush. And he had his own show, Fred the Show. And then he had not one, but three films. Yeah, but it's weird that he's gone now. Yeah, and then albums. Like, he sold... He released music, too. He was huge, but I think it's weirder that he's not around anymore. Like, that that makes sense. Like, when somebody's mm -hmm. that big, I think it's weirder when somebody's that big for, like, five years and then disappears. Because he's not... Nobody's talking about it anymore. You know no, what I mean? I, I think it was such an early internet era. Oh, you couldn't keep it going. No, you couldn't keep it going. Question. And it feels like the things were different back then, you know? Like, nobody was trying to leverage that into a full-time right. career. Like, I mean, Smosh was kind of the only ones back then who, like, took that and turned it into a business. And even Anthony left and did his own thing. Like, yeah. it's... He was kind of, like, one of the first... You know, there were other people on the platform, but he was the first, like, YouTuber. You know, like, individual person and I'm pretty sure he was the first person on the platform to hit 1 million subs. Damn. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's true. Dude, early YouTube is different. Like extremely. 
It's just a totally different world. All right, we gotta we gotta ding ding. We gotta go because I gotta dip out. All so, right. So we uh, started on Marvel and then we quickly talked about lying. Yeah, lying briefly. We talked not about Marvel at all. We went over GameCube mm-hmm. games for a very long time. Yeah. Uh and then Fred. <laughs> From GameCube to Fred. That's, the recaps are getting lazier and lazier. I mean, Kai, you guys don't care. You you listen. I don't you know, know how we got there. I, I genuinely don't. I know <laughs> we talked about GameCube for a while. And then I think, okay. And then I think we went from no, 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 no. We stayed on GameCube. No, it was for movie a while. games. It was movie games. Then we went to movie games. And then we talked about King Julian and Madagascar. Yeah. That got us on. There we go. That's what it was. Then we started talking about Borat. And then that just spiraled from there. Yeah, we locked that in. Okay, thank God we figured that out because I was actually racking my brain. I was like, wait. And then it ended on Fred. And as it always should. All right, there's your Fred episode, everybody. Fred Fogelhorn himself. Okay. All right, I got to go. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. How Did We Get Here is produced by Deanna Gowland, Jacob Rabin, and Zach Zeeks. Our theme music is by Garrett Williamson, and our engineer audio producer is Justin Asher. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.